If the saying is true that life is the sum of the decisions you make, then what happens when a major life change occurs that wasn't your choice? Hi, and welcome to Think Well, Think Better. I'm your host, Tom Latona. I'm an artist, a writer, and a storyteller. And in April 2020, amid the global COVID pandemic, I was unexpectedly diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. The timing of these two major life events have helped to reshift my thinking and reshape my mindset as I move forward into a confusing world on the outside while managing an unpredictable autoimmune disease on the inside. Think Well, Think Better is a podcast aimed to raise awareness for those in the MS community and to serve as a source of support and inspiration, not just for those whose lives are impacted by this confusing and devastating illness, but for anyone who could benefit from making personal improvements in their lives. Think Well, Think Better is a story of overcoming obstacles and of reinvention, told through the unique lens of my life, and I share it with the hopes that it might help others along their journey. So join me as we discuss a wide range of topics aimed at personal self-development and share strategies to help face life's challenges with a more informed and improved way of thinking. Change starts in the mind, and if one wishes to think well, then let's start thinking better. All right, there's a lot to discuss. Let's get to work. Hi, and welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Think Well, Think Better, Living Well with MS. If you've been following along uh, with the podcast the last couple episodes, um, we've been covering the 10 facets of life, and this is a sort of uh, system that I'm developing after my diagnosis to help me situate and figure out my life and figure out uh, a simpler and more direct way to deal with all of the upheaval and changes that have occurred in the last three years or so. Uh, So if you've been hanging around for this, I really appreciate it. Uh, If you're getting getting something from all of this, uh, I also appreciate that as well. Uh, Please, uh, again, use whatever makes sense to you. And if none of this makes sense to you and you're just listening anyways, I appreciate that as well. Um, I'm not here for numbers or for, uh, you know, fame or glory or anything. I'm just trying to not only do this for myself, but to see if I can't help some other people out uh, along the way. Because I know I'm not the only one that necessarily feels a little bit confused at times. Um, You know, that's sometimes life just gets a little overwhelming And what works for me is to have a very simple, actionable plan that I could rely on that suits me specifically. And I say that only because there's no way I'm going to sit here and assume that what I'm saying is some sort of end-all, be-all way to live. It's not. I know that. But it works for me. Uh, At least it has so far, and that's why I feel confident sharing it. Um, But I'm also very much aware that at any point this could all shuffle and I could just you know, have to take, maybe add a facet or remove a couple facets. And that's totally fine. I'm aware of that. And I am ready to roll with that. Um, But for right now, it's the most simplest uh, sort of process I have to just get myself reacquainted with living life post pandemic with 
the knowledge that I now have that I have MS and that it's an autoimmune chronic illness. Uh, it's not going anywhere. And I knew immediately I was going to have to figure something out. So this is me figuring it out. And the last, uh, I think, three episodes we've done have all dealt with sort of interpersonal relationships that you might find. It's family, friends, and uh, oh, heck, what's the other one? Oh, romantic relationships. Yeah. Um, so I'm done with that. I'm done with the interpersonal stuff. Uh, I want to kind of get into more fun topics. Um, that was like a, it was that, that little subsection right in the middle is something I knew I had to do. I, I promised myself I would do it. It's part of the program, uh, but it was just tough. So I took a little time and I thought about it and I realized that, um, I'm, you know, the episodes are there and I'm going to, they're released and they are what they are. Uh, but I couldn't help but think that I was, I was coming off sounding angry about things. And maybe that's just in my own head. I hope it didn't translate that way to your ears. Um, but these, when dealing with other people, I do find it difficult at times. Not in the past, but in the past three years at least, uh, post-diagnosis. There's a repeatable trend in my life where I'm good with me. I'm good working through the overwhelming obstacles in my own life. But when it comes to dealing with other people, there's issues that do arise. Um, maybe it's me, maybe it's them, maybe it's a little combination, a combination of a lot of things. Uh, but I have found to an uncanny degree that my level of being able to just gel and communicate with people has taken a giant hit. And for a long time, I internalized that as there was something wrong with me. I've since changed my mind on that point of view, and that's not to say that I've shifted the blame to, other, to everyone else. I haven't done that. But I'm only responsible for how I react to a situation and how I respond to it. I can't control another human being. So I can't control how they're going to respond and react. The best I could do is just speak as clearly as I can and as honestly as I can and then let the chips sort of fall where they may and then deal with the fallout from there. It's not like this was a new discovery for me by any stretch of imagination, but I just never had it tested to that degree where I had so many things in my life changing and shifting so quickly. It felt like I was in quicksand for a lot of the time. Like I was just sort of sinking slowly and fighting for air, but at the same time, my environment and the things around me were changing so rapidly that it did become overwhelming. It truly was a, <laughs> kind of scary at times how I felt little control I had in my life. But once I sat down and I started putting pen to paper and I started getting very serious about figuring this thing out. I just knew I, I just, if I could just figure it out, if I could just hang in there for a little bit longer and just figure this thing out, that I knew it somehow, like intuitively, that it would start to come together. But I just, I had to do the work. I had to sit down and I had to formulate some sort of plan. Now, at no point in the beginning of that was I designing it around the idea that I was going to do some 10-episode arc on a podcast. As a matter of fact, I didn't even have a podcast in mind when I sat down to this. It was purely a survival move. I knew I couldn't go back to the life that I used to have 
Too many things had changed, and I had to figure out something moving forward. And I had to figure it out quickly, and I had to do it with the, the important things in mind. I had to take care of my health. That was number one. Uh, and then, as I discussed in the sort of Triple Crown, is, you know, what is suddenly this sort of mission in life? You know, this calling, this, this what's my purpose here? That came into the forefront. And that was something that was like a little voice in my head that just simply wouldn't shut up. I couldn't, I just couldn't get it to just calm down and just stop talking to me. It kept saying like, you know, keep doing the work, keep doing the work. You know, there's a bigger, there's a bigger something to this. And I trusted whatever that was. And it's led me to this point, at least so far. And um, yeah, it's a lot of work. I'll be honest with you. It's a, it's, a, it's a lot. There's a lot to process and a lot of work. But what I'm finding is that the more I speak of it, I'm attracting these types of people in my life who are wanting to hear that message. They're looking for support themselves. It might not be an MS support, but it's just support. They, you know, People are coming up to me and say, well, how are you dealing? How are you doing this? And I said, I honestly don't know. But I get up every day and I work towards it. You know, I just put one foot in front of the other, process-driven. I'm not worried about where my destination is. I'm worried about where I am right now on my path, right in this moment. Am I doing what I can today? And as long as I do that, it seems like things just sort of shape out and take care of themselves. So if you've hung around this far, we have a couple more facets we're going to get through in the next few episodes. And then um, maybe... I don't know what will happen. I do have a shoebox full of things. I do want to get back to more storytelling kind of stuff. Um, but this was important for me to lay out this sort of foundation. Just so as we grow together, as we continue on in this journey of MS and healing and self-discovery and, and de- self-development and growth, I want, if you're listening, to be right there with me. I want to give you a glimpse inside of what one viewpoint is in the world of MS. Not for pity, not for fame, but because there's something to be learned from it. It's, it's a, one of the core values of this uh, podcast is about overcoming adversity and obstacles. And trust me, I had plenty of those come my way really fast. I'm a better person today because I stood up and faced what was in front of me. It was painful. It was scary. It still is. A lot of times it broke my heart, freaked me out. It beats me up physically, beats me up emotionally, beats me up psychologically. All of those things. It just took a beating and I didn't back down. I got knocked down. I got back up. I got knocked down. I got back up. And at some point, it gets tired before I do. So in the realm of MS, I I really do appreciate MS. It sounds like a crazy thing to say, but I have so much love for MS because it's taught me so many amazing things that we're always always inside of me. I just didn't need to access it or I was unaware of it because there was no desire or no need to tap into that. 
But that diagnosis of MS coupled with when COVID hit and that same little weird time frame, it, the two are just right there. That was my catalyst moment, right? Time to shine. But I had no handbook, no playbook, no instruction, no guru to talk to, no mentor, nobody to even give me a hug and say, it's going to be okay. I also don't know what's going on, but I'm here with you. I had none of that. I was alone on an island by myself in a very, very confusing period of time. But sitting down and and dedicating myself to the work has helped me in so much that it leads me right into today's topic, which is hobbies and interests. And why do I say that? Why does that lead right into it? Well, for me, one of the key facets of anyone's life is is what you do on your, quote, downtime, right? But I want to evaluate this thing. So let me lay out kind of the uh, societal norm, and I'm going to explain to you how I never fit into that, okay? So there's this idea in, corp, you know, America, which is just a giant corporation, that you should be giving someone else 40 hours of your week at a job and probably more. Um, and that in return for that, they give you X amount of money, which is just enough to get by and live and maybe have a vacation once in a while. And that's supposed to keep you appeased. And then you do that for like 40 years and then you die of a heart attack like two days after you retire. That is for a majority of people, the sort of status quo. Now, I'm not faulting them if they're in that. That's the system. When I was a child, I would sit at my kitchen or my, my we'd have meals at the table at the, in the kitchen. And my dad would come home from his job and my mom would come home from her job. And basically it was my dad just griping about all those people he works with. You know, like everyone was annoying or whatever. I, It was just a lot of griping. And I remember when I was like the age seven or so, I thought, um, I don't know what working for a living is, but I certainly don't want to do that. Because the only role modeling I had was this guy, my father, it seems really fucking pissed off all the time. So why is he doing it, you know? And he did it because, you know, it gave him money and he had a family to support and that's just the thing. So I'm not faulting him and I'm not faulting his job. It's just that was my experience, right? I decided I don't really want to do what these people do because it sounds awful. Everyone's miserable. I was like seven or eight when I realized this. Anyway, this isn't about careers. That's the next uh, episode. But the reason I bring it up is this, is I've never had that type of thing in my life where I had work, you know, the 40 hours a week, and then, you know, a weekend to do whatever I wanted to. Now, most people, they work their Monday to Friday, 40 hours a week, and then their weekends are filled with their their hobbies. This is where they get together with friends or they do some activity for themselves or whatever their interests are. I've never had that, so I can't speak too much on that. But what I can do is share some perspective from, from my life, which is my entire life has just been pursuing hobbies and interests and somehow figuring out a way to earn a living based on those. <laughs> this was never a conscious decision. 
other than I just didn't want to, quote, work for a living. I didn't want to be the guy who punched a clock. But I found myself always having like really interesting things that I was into. And wouldn't you know that they were like cool things, <laughs> you know, like fun things. Like I would do it for free. I would also get paid for doing it. Why not? If you're going to do it and you're good at it, why not get paid for it? And I eventually found myself into that. So all this is to say is when I look at hobbies and interests, it's not the weekend activities necessarily in that regard. I can't really speak on that, but I, it's just everything in my life is, is what's interesting to me. My hobbies are my life. Whether they are, um, you know, something like just, I have boring hobbies by most standards, but I love to read. I read uh, roughly two books a week. Um, drawing, painting, woodworking, even doing research for the podcast, which bleaches into like learning new things. Um, I find that utterly enjoyable. I can spend a day and a half just researching one topic you know, reading books on it, reading books that disagree with that concept, finding something in the middle. It's just, it's all good to me. It's all gravy. I love it, you know, but these are all very solitary activities. I'd lead a very solitary life. So it would make interest that a lot of my hobbies and interests don't involve other people. Makes sense, right? Um, so I wanted to lay that out because anything I say after this point just bear in mind that you have to listen to it with the ear attuned to the fact that I don't know the other way to live. I just don't. I, I would be lying and making stuff up if I acted like I did. I don't. I just I can only speak from my own experience. So take it for what it's worth moving forward. Cool? Okay. So your hobbies and interests are basically your your the activities you do to your pastime, right? Pastime activities. And uh, I have a problem with that concept because I value time way too much to say I'm just going to whittle away my time. I'm just going to kill an hour by doing this. I don't like the idea of killing anything, let alone an hour, because my most valuable resource is time. So everything I do, I try to do it in alignment with I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm expanding because of this activity. That is the reason I don't watch TV. I don't get a lot of value from it. If it's a documentary, for instance, yeah, of course, right? Uh, if it's a YouTube video that I'm learning from, that's different in my mind. But just to put on the episode of The Office that I've seen 20 times already because it's comfort, um, that's... That doesn't align with me. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it doesn't align with me because of those reasons. What, what more am I going to gain from watching another season of this show that I've already seen? That feels like a waste of time to me. So I'm bullish on only engaging in activities that don't kill time but actually make time disappear. I like to be able to sit down and read and realize that it's now dark outside uh, because three hours have passed, but I've read, you know, half of a, a, a book in that time. Um, to me, that's worth it. To someone else, it might not seem as fun or not to them, and that's totally cool too. So 
all this is to say the way I approach it is the same way most people approach any of their uh, hobbies or interests because they're, they're what we do for relaxation, for decompressing, for pure enjoyment, and for growth, right? So it just doesn't matter what it is. It's just are, are they hitting those, those things? Are, are you enjoying what you're doing? Number one, because if you're not, you're wasting your time. Do something else. Are you growing? Are you becoming better? Are you learning something because of it? Good. Awesome. You know, can you relax when you're doing it? Can you shut your brain off a little bit? Can you do something that just is for you? Just for you. Just give yourself a little time to do that thing. I don't care what it is. Maybe it's video games. Maybe it's, uh, you know, uh, online games. Um, I know there's, it's just really popular. Uh, what's that? Something Warcraft. I don't know. There's like an online game, a uh, fantasy game that is uh, multiplayer and communal. And a lot of people kind of build a community around that. And I think the idea is really cool. I wouldn't engage in it necessarily personally, but I'd like the idea that there's that thing where you could jump online and be a, a Viking and, 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 and meet someone across the, the planet who's also a Viking in this little game or I, I don't know. I never played it, but you get the idea. Um, it doesn't have to make sense to me for me to say, Hey, yeah, I, I, that's a cool thing. It's just not for me. That's fine. Um, I would love to sit down and play guitar. Um, but I'm not great at it. <laughs> you know, I have a guitar. I don't practice enough and I don't play it enough to even give it a fair shot. But, um, it's not the highest thing on my priority list. I'd much rather read than play guitar. But if there was a guitar around, I would, you know, plunk around on it a little bit. It wouldn't sound great, but I would plunk around. So um, what we do in our, quote, free time is as important as what we do when we're getting paid for our time. And those should align in your life. Because if you do, if you find yourself doing something, like I mentioned before, that you love to do, there is a way for you to get paid for it. I don't know what it is and what the way is, but I'm pretty sure there's a way if you think about it long enough and hard enough and do enough work, you can turn it into uh, something that people will give you money for. Whether it's you like oil painting or you like singing or what writing, whatever the case might be, um, you don't have to make money off of it. That's the cool thing, but you can. But there's a caution flag that goes up here because I've experienced this myself. I, I do a lot of woodworking and for sometimes I batch out a bunch of um, uh, cutting boards and I'll sell them online. And I only make a you know handful in the batch, and when they're gone, they're gone. And then when I get the gumption, I'd make more. But it's not that's not my gig. It's not my source of income. I just make them and I sell them. Whatever. I I'm always very careful when people are say, "Oh, you should like go deeper with this and maybe set up a little Etsy shop or something like that." And I said, "That's not. It's a, it's a good idea. I get where you're coming from. Like if you're good at something, you and people are willing to give you money for it, and you can make a few bucks off of it. Why not?" I just explained that. But the problem is, it goes from something you'd like to do to something that you now are taking orders. You have deadlines. You have to buy equipment. Um, there's you got to go online and make an Instagram page or get a website and you got to sell it. And there's just a whole lot of stuff. And 
Before you know it, you don't have a hobby. You have a jobby. It's the job hobby. And it sucks all the fun out of the hobby when you're up against it. And you're like, oh, I got to go out there and I got to make 12 new cutting boards. Not fun. Not fun when you have to do it. It's only fun when you want to do it and get to do it. So that's the caution flag there. Just be careful. If, if you're chasing the money and you're taking something you love and turning it into a job, it's going to be a job. And you're probably going to stop doing it at some point because it's going to become overwhelming. And what do you do to relax when it's your job is you turn to a hobby. But guess what? Your hobby is now your jobby. And there you go. You see the conundrum? So I would be careful on what you do for a living, which we'll talk about in in a future episode under career, versus what your uh, hobbies and interests are. Um, Just keep that in your mind because what you do in your downtime is a huge reflection of your lifestyle, you know? Um, Let me turn my page here. Um, So the way I see it is your, your lifestyle is really a compilation of all of the activities that you engage in that not, that isn't necessarily your job is what I was trying to say. If that makes sense. So you know how you probably know someone in your life who has some sort of career and they completely identify with that career you know, like maybe they work on Wall Street and they're just like they kind of douchey dude that, you know, only talks about stocks and constantly, you know, and that's cool. I mean, it's not, but you know what I mean? I'm always wary of people who create an identity based around what they do for a living. It seems kind of short-sighted to me. Simultaneously, there's people who build entire identities of themselves around their hobbies. And this is as easily as, uh, find, you know, you could find this anywhere. Just look for anyone with a fish t-shirt. And I hate to pick on these people, but let's face it. Come on. <laughs> fish people will let you know that they like that band. So will vegans. So will, like, cross-train people. They just gym bros. God, they just, like, that's their identity. And that's fine. I'm not passing judgment on that. But I'm always very careful of saying, well, I have a ton of hobbies. And if you just looked at me, you wouldn't be able to tell what they're all about. If you looked at me, you couldn't tell me what, you you would not be able to tell what my favorite band is. Or if I eat meat or not. There's nothing about the external appearance I have that says, that screams, hey, I'm this. And for Christ's sake, I'm a tattoo artist, and I still don't even look like a tattoo artist. Whatever they're supposed to look like, I don't. I, I'm covered in visible tattoos, but you, it just I don't reek that guy spent 23 years being a tattoo artist. I look like I'm just a client, really. And I do that on purpose. That's something that's, that was always a conscious uh, decision on my part, because I just, I don't know why. I just didn't vibe with me to do that. I don't like being sort of pigeonholed into, well, you like this, so therefore you're this. And life doesn't work that way. People are complex. They have very deep interests and varying interests. And to just say, oh, you're a fan of this one thing and that's who you are, that's unfair to that person unless that person is showcasing it like my identity is wrapped up in the fact of there's this. 
Um, let me throw another example just off the top of my head just because it popped up. Um, you know those people who get a dog and then they get they start like a like an Instagram page that's totally about the dog, you know, like um, Lim does, <laughs> you know, and their entire identity is basically wrapped around the fact that they have a dog and all the activities for that dog. Well, I have a very special message, and I want you, if you're one of those people or you know one of those people, I want you to listen very closely. For the sake of everything holy under the sun, I beg of you, the people who are doing this, please, 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 pretty please, don't ever stop. <laughs> I love it. I am here for all of it. I need you. The world needs you. Please don't ever stop making content about your dogs. I think it's the most brilliant thing on the planet. It's so wholesome and wonderful, and I love seeing your dogs. It genuinely brings me a dopamine hit every time I see it, and I follow a ton of dog accounts. I get it. I love you people. Please don't ever stop. Keep it going. That didn't go the way you thought it was going to go, did you? You thought I was going to say something nasty. Anyway, so let's talk about some of the hobbies that we have and how they can change, right? And why they might need to change and shouldn't change. Okay, that's a big word salad I just threw out there. So how do I approach this? Based on what everything that's happened in my life, yada, 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 and the 10 facets of life, yada, yada, yada. Okay, so I sat down and I said, okay, well, health number one. So everything I do is based on being healthy. It's, it's an aim towards health, all right? So a healthy mindset requires a healthy lifestyle. So changes need to be needed to be made. Not a complete overhaul of my personality or anything, but I had to focus on things that, um, impacted my health and put less attention on things that, that just didn't fall into that category. Um, so I'm not a big working out guy, never have been. Um, I don't go to the gym and I don't have that whole swagger about it. Um, but I do keep my health in mind. I walk and I do, uh, I walk on the treadmill in the winter and in the summer, obviously I take lady for W A L K's. Um, eating properly is another one where I do, but I don't need to make a big deal out of it. Um, I don't like, I don't care if someone else eats junk food. Um, I just won't eat it. Right. So like, I'm not here to impinge and make my thing. Everyone else's It's just, you know, I'll eat a salad and you can eat a chili dog. That's fine. You know, I don't care. These are decisions I make for myself because I'm building a lifestyle around a very, around healthy habits and uh, healthy ingredients. Um, I also like going to bed early and I'm up before the sun comes up. To me, that's healthy. I get a good jump on the day. I get my meditation in early. I do a lot of reflection and writing in the early hours when my brain is more awake. And then as the day progresses on, cog fog rolls in and fatigue happens and I'm just less sharp later in the day. So I've adjusted it to just wake up early. Um, early is subjective, of course. Um, I wake up at 4 a.m. generally, 4.30 sometimes. 
Um, so pretty early, which means that, you know, by the time nine, nine o'clock, nine thirty rolls around, I'm kind of spent, you know, also fatigue. So there's that. Um, and basically everything that I do in my spare time, my free time, uh, is aimed at growth and learning as simple as that. I'm constantly trying to improve on the situation that's in front of me. I'm trying to learn from the things that are behind me, and I'm trying to press forward into um, a more well-balanced lifestyle altogether. So the hobbies and interests I have have to support that idea, and they do. Um, I've eliminated most of the energy and time-wasting activities in my life. Um, Not all, but most. Um, and I'm working on them, but I am aware that they're there and, but you know, everything in its time, I can't do a hundred things at once, but I'm working at it. Right. So it's all systematic and, um, it's all in process, but I'm aware of everything that needs to be changed and I'm working towards it. And just knowing that I'm working towards a goal is way better than not. Right. Obviously one step in the right direction is better than five in the wrong direction. Um, and part of that, actually, I have to give a lot of thanks to multiple sclerosis for that. So the the awareness of MS that came three years ago um, has introduced a lot of really interesting topics and subjects that I normally probably would not have dove too deep into. Uh, but as it turns out, it works because I've always had an interest in the human brain and the human mind and how the brain works, why it works, what part of the brains do what. You know, it's always been a low-key sort of interesting point, but I've never studied it at length. When you find out you have a disease that affects not only your immune system, but it also, in my case, I have scars on my brain and my brain stem, um, 31 of them, and, you know, that's a lot. (laughs) So I need to know, you know, it got me thinking like, well, what if, a scar on this part of my brain becomes inflamed and I'm having a relapse, like what, what would that be impacting as far as the function of that part of the brain? So it got me reading books on neuroscience and and brain science. And then it got me reading books on psychology because I wanted to understand the changes that I was going through. You know, and and a lot of this podcast is about the transformational process that I've experienced um, very abruptly and very uh, compacted in a short period of time, but it has been transformational. So what is the psychology behind that? All of that's to say it's really a study of the human condition, which is always something that's been of great interest to me. I enjoy anthropology. I enjoy understanding where we were and where we're going and where we are now. And isn't it just really kind of interesting that that MS gives me the reason to go and study these more? They've always been of interest to me, but I had other things. And then I reshuffled my interests, and it turns out these are the ones coming to the top. And they do support the lifestyle that I want to live. Um, you know, I read a ton of books on philosophy because I want to understand that human condition. What it what 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 drives somebody to do this this one thing and versus another like who throughout history has something that that I can learn from? 
Um, currently, I'm on this huge kick about studying people who are into um, solitude. You know, there's a number of books I read, and right now I have this very thick, thick volume on uh, Montaigne, who was a 16th century French nobleman who, uh, you know, like was he was the governor, the mayor of of Venice for a number of years, I believe. And uh, sometime in his 40s, he just retired to his estate and lived in this tower uh, and and wrote extensively on the virtues of solitude. And it came at the right time for me because I lead, as I mentioned, a very kind of solitary life. And I thought, man, am I just, is it me? Like, am I just antisocial? Am I like, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> you know? Um, no, it turns out there's not. Um, I mean, maybe, who knows? But I don't think so. Uh, because I could go through a, a number of people, Thomas Merton comes to mind as well, as people who not only uh, lived a very, a life full of solitude, but they wrote about it extensively. So I can get inside their brains by reading what they wrote and understand that, no, yeah, no, that makes sense, you know? Um, They become sort of role models in that case. And that to me is like really interesting because that that helps my growth and that helps me learning and that helps me feel less alienated because although I might be uh, in solitude, I'm not isolated. Does that make sense? Um, It's a choice to be alone versus being forced or outcast or or, or sort of like pushed aside. Uh, There's, again, that idea of being able to choose your path versus a path just being forced upon you. Okay, so that's what MS has given me. Like, it's given me solitude, and it's also given me the, the gumption to go out and figure out more about that, to learn more about that. And uh, that just falls right in line with all those other little bits of interest that I've always been fascinated with. And now I, I have a legit reason to study it. I can understand now the science behind thinking and how the brain functions from, say, a neuroscience standpoint. But I could also understand how our, the human mind works from you know, a spiritual or philosophical bend. And putting those together and comparing it with my own and realizing I am not really alone. I'm not the only one experiencing what I'm experiencing. It's new to me, but I don't think it's new to the human condition. And wouldn't it just be great if more people were open and vulnerable and talking about that kind of thing? Because somewhere along the line, society said, no, 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 you can't be alone. You always have to be engaged, you always have to have this. And, and we almost look down our noses at hermits or people who disappear and sort of end up in a cave somewhere on a mountain. And for all the people that do that and are happy in their lives, we tend to pick the worst of the worst to compare it against, right? And I'm thinking right now of Unibon or uh, Ted Kaczynski, who died recently, I believe, um, you know, this guy just grew a long scraggly beard and was just hammering out on his typewriter, just blasting out manifestos and then building bombs. Like, yeah, he was a weirdo, right? But that doesn't mean everyone who wants to be alone is going to make bombs and have manifestos. And I know that for a fact because I keep my beard relatively clean and that's my rule with myself. When I start getting scraggly, I start getting concerned, you know? Man, that's manifesto time. I'm not doing that. Keep it, keep it tight, you know? 
manscape that. So I started looking into this idea of, of hermitages because I had a suspicion that maybe there's something there. And it turns out there is. And they're more popular and more abundant than I gave it credit for, which is amazing. But you don't really know about it because you never see hermits because, you know, they're hermits. They're the Bigfoot of people. Like, if you see a hermit, it's a glimpse. If you're a good hermit, you're not in town every day hanging around. You're a hermit. That's what you do. You you hermit. Um, now, not that I want to be a hermit, but I enjoy my space and my solitude, and that is one of my biggest interests and hobbies, so it all stems from there, and that allows me the time and the space to learn about all those other things that I just mentioned earlier. So... Um, what is the point of this? Well, the point is I shared a little bit of what my hobbies and interests are and how they impact my life and how they've changed um, due to new information that's come into my life, like the fact that I have MS. And it's going to be here for the rest of my days, so it gives me plenty of time to learn more and more and more. So although I do concentrate on this activity of learning and growing and developing within that parameters, um, there's an urgency, but not a strong urgency because it's not like I have to solve this problem right away. As a matter of fact, there's no problem to solve. I'm just trying to learn more about it because the more I'm informed, it also, you know, it benefits me, but maybe I can share it too through this podcast, for instance, that will help somebody else. Um, whether it be they have MS or they're just going through a rough time and then they're saying, oh, you know, I never thought to just maybe read a book about, you know, a topic that I like. Um, you know, turn off your TV and open a book kind of thing. I know, it's crazy, right? Like, not having a screen in front of your face? It's insane. Who does that? Crazy people. Unabombers, probably. <laughs> anyway, um... Yeah, so that's it. Hobbies and interests, choose them wisely. Just like your friends, choose them wisely. Um, what you allow into your life and what you do to occupy your time matters. Because if you're spending all your time doing things you don't like, guess what? Your time's going to be up one day and you're going to look back and have a ton of regrets. And How come I never tried something? How come I never did that thing I always wanted to do? And now... You're, it's too late. You don't have the opportunity to do it. So see, seize the chance when it's there, if you have it. And if you have to shuffle some things around and you have to maybe get rid of a couple habits or uh, in, some engagements that you already have with other things, um, turn your TV off. Um, put Do Not Disturb on your phone. Like really go the extra mile and build the life that you want. Your life will always be a reflection of your hobbies and your rituals and your, and your habits. From the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed, you have X amount of hours every day. It's the same 24 for everybody, right? Well, how are you feeling that time? I would recommend finding things that really light your soul on fire. The things that you can't wait to do. Those are real 
real interests. Those are real hobbies where you're like salivating because you just can't wait. In, in my case, I can't wait to finish this podcast so I could read more of that book I'm reading on Montaigne. Um, but maybe yours is going to the gym. Maybe yours is throwing axes. Maybe yours is hanging out at a bar. Um, you know, the, you might not think that's a hobby, but if you're spending time doing it and you're not getting paid for it, it's a hobby. <laughs> you know, so start looking at it in really basic terms. How do you spend your time? Uh, are you doing it for a paycheck? No. Okay, then you're doing it for fun. Is it fun? No. Then you're not doing it for fun. You're just doing it. You're wasting time. Go find something that enriches you, something that helps you expand, something that, that, that makes your, your heart grow big and your mind grow even bigger. And stick to it. And you will see in, in very short order, your life will start to just sort of mold around what you're doing. And if you have to take your 40 hours a week and go give it to a boss somewhere so you have a place to live and food to eat, yeah, that's the deal. Do it. But when you punch out, it's you time. It's hobby time. Get after it. I'm going to go read a book now. <laughs> Till next time, everyone. Make it your best day. It's the only one you got today. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Think Well, Think Better. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are intended for informational entertainment purposes only and should not be substituted for professional medical advice. I realize our time is our most valuable resource. So if you chose to spend yours with me today, thank you very much. And if you found this podcast helpful, please like and subscribe to be notified when new episodes are released. If you found value in this podcast, why not share it and recommend it with a friend to help grow and support awareness for the MS community? As always, you can join the conversation on Instagram at thinkwellthinkbetter underscore podcast or email me at thinkwellthinkbetter at gmail.com. Love you all. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.